And that's the importance of having a good coach or a good trainer because they can assess you and they can also find out what you're capable of because a lot of times as an athlete, you don't realize your potential until someone else shows you. That was Kim Robinson, today's guest on the Dax My Hand podcast. Kim Robinson grew up in farmland, Indiana, but found herself performing in front of crowds in excess of 100,000 people in venues such as the former RCA Dome, Michigan Stadium, known as the Big House, as the featured twirler for Ball State University. She's competitive to the core, and she's also putting a snap fitness in your backyard in Benton, Kentucky. Today's guest, Kim Robinson. Yes, you've arrived at the Legend Podcast at DaxMyHand.com. How did I become a legendary sports figure? How does anyone become legendary? It starts with a coach. Join us as we have conversations with coaches of all ages, experience, and expertise, and find out what does it take to lead athletes to legendary status. Really, you do have a lot of useless knowledge up there in the head of yours. All right, we're here with Kim Robinson of Snap Fitness of Benton. Kim, uh, thanks for coming on the DaxMyHand.com Legend Podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm oh, really, really uh, glad to have you here. So, so Kim, we were reading a little bit about Snap Fitness uh, on the internet, and we we came across uh, your name and kind of your biography, and right. you've got an interesting story to tell. So, obviously, uh, you guys are about to open up a Snap Fitness in Benton. Tell us about that. Well, a year ago, we started the planning stages. We knew there was a need for a gym in Benton, and we explored the options, and we landed on Snap Fitness. We really like their business model and everything they believe in. And Dennis Smith and his wife and Harold Beck and Debbie Beck, they are also behind it. So together we are opening this, and hopefully the end of June we will be open and running. So tell us a little about, you say you investigated Snap Fitness. Kind of take us through the process uh, of how you decided on Snap Fitness and, and maybe what made it stand out from some of the other places that you looked at. Well, we wanted something that, number one, serves the, serves the community. And Snap Fitness believes in a 24-7 model. So if you're a member, your key can get you into the door at all times. And by being a member here in Benton, it gets you into 3,000 other locations worldwide. Okay. So if you're traveling, that's really important to people. Yeah. Uh, You know, I I know I've seen that in some of the surrounding towns, the Snap Fitnesses. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, I know the 24-7 appeals to me because I'm kind of a night owl. Right. Uh, and I know, um, and, and Shane Cosby, who you've met, who's, who's also associated with the podcast, uh, he can tell you, you know, I used to go to the dam a lot and walk at 1130 at night and, wow. you know, and so obviously this is a much safer, uh, workout, right? And after hours, um, we will have complete security. Every square inch of our facility will be under surveillance. So I'm confident that it's very secure and safe. So Kim, um, you know, let's, let's kind of talk about your background. Right. Um, I know we talked a little bit before you came on the podcast, but you've got a, a very interesting story to tell. So kind of tell us where you grew up and, and tell us about uh, young Kim. Okay. Well, I grew up in a small town in Indiana called Farmland, and that's really the name. As really? it sounds, it's all about the sows, cows, and plows. <laughs> now, what, what is it? What would Farmland be near that maybe we've heard of? Muncie, Indiana, Ball State University, which is where I went to college. 
Um, I graduated in 2006 with my degree in exercise science, health and fitness, and I've been in the industry ever since. Yeah. Well, so obviously everybody knows David Letterman, right? He's yes. the, the most famous Ball State graduate. He is. He is. Uh, did you ever meet David? Did you ever see him around campus at I all? I did. When Ball State's football team had the biggest losing streak in the nation, he came to campus and did a live show. <laughs> I was also the feature twirler with the band at that point. So I was twirling on the show when he was there. Yeah. And, and you know, it's funny. We talked a, a little bit about your twirling. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, it's an amazing story. Kind of walk us through and tell us how you became a twirler and, and how that all became. And, and so for those who don't know, twirling is baton twirling, basically, right? right? it's baton twirling. Yeah. Tell us about um, that. So when I was a young girl, my parents tried to put me into every sport imaginable. Soccer, I didn't like the mud. Gymnastics, I cried when they hung me upside down on the uneven bars. T-ball, once again, it was muddy and dirty. (laughs) So eventually I told my parents I want to be a baton twirler. So by the age of five, I was competing. Um, I've competed at the national and world levels. And that eventually led me to Ball State University, where I was their feature twirler for five years on a scholarship uh, for performing at all pregames and halftimes of football games. And I even had the opportunity to perform at what was the RCA Dome for the Indianapolis Colts and the Big House. Yeah, in Michigan. In Michigan, yeah. yeah. So, so tell me, you know, I know a lot of people have, have got to be floored that there is a scholarship for baton right. twirling. How did you find out about that? Well, my mom also worked at Paul State. Okay. So that was something from a young age. It was a goal of mine. And I worked very hard. It was very persistent. Um to obtain that scholarship and that position. Man, and you, you even told me you uh, you do the flaming batons? I do. I do one, two, three baton and also fire baton. And on occasion, I did singe my arm hair, and I had to watch not to put too much hair product on my hair. <laughs> Yeah, that would that would not be something you would yes. want to run into for sure. Well, man, that that is uh, you're our you're our first baton twirler <laughs> on the DaxMyHead.com podcast. Thanks. Yeah. So we're here with Kim Robinson from Snap Fitness of Benton. So you go to Ball State and you you're in the exercise science department. Mm-hmm. Did you know that was kind of where you wanted your career to go from once you got into it, or what was your your Absolutely love of it? Not okay. I started as a telecommunications major. I always said in high school that I wanted to be the next Katie Couric. (laughs) And finally someone approached me and said, do you really have that thick skin that it takes to ask people inappropriate questions when they're in time, you know, when they're in pain and suffering? And I said, you know what? I don't. And it took me until my junior year to figure that out, junior year of college. So my junior year, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. But at that point, I was also competing in the Miss America organization at the state level. And I had a male judge come up to me after competing, and he said, you'd do really well if you weren't so roly-poly. Oh. And I was a size eight, so yeah. I wasn't exactly really poly. <laughs> um, so at that point, I hired a personal trainer. And just after working with that personal trainer for a short amount of time, I decided, you know what? This is what I want to do with my life. I want to inspire people to get healthy the right way. And that's what made me change my major. Yeah, what a, I mean, what a, what a great thing to help others, right? Yes. And, and you know, that's, that's one thing that we talk about on these podcasts and it's kind of the theme of these podcasts is, 
you know, how does sports and how does athletics help people mm-hmm. become better people, to become more fit people, and, and just really to help others is really what, what right. it's all about. So did you have um, – so once you decided to go into that field, did you have any uh, role models or were there any teachers at school that inspired you or any, anybody like that that comes to mind? Basically that personal trainer okay. um, that showed me exactly what his job was. I had the opportunity to shadow him and see what he did on a day-to-day basis. And I was very intrigued by that. I saw that he worked with older clientele, younger clientele, and regardless of what age, that's the neat thing with this industry. You can help people of all ages and all ability levels, and that's what I enjoy most about it. And so, and so, I'm, I guess from reading your bio, that's one thing you talk about with Snap Fitness, right? right that right. that you can't. It's a wide range of folks who can ha- participate, right? Currently, with my personal training that I've been doing, I have older adults that I train, and they're trying to maintain their independence. They're trying to stay out of the nursing homes. So we work on balance, flexibility, mobility. But at the same time, I have a couple gals that are NFL Colts cheerleaders, and they're trying to stay at the top of their game. Um, Just a few weeks ago, they had a calendar shoot in Dominican Republic. So you know, just the day-to-day preparation and just being healthy and good role models is what they're working towards. So so it's kind of like a lot of sports where you don't necessarily have to be at the top to benefit, but you, right. you can be at any level, right, any from level. a beginner to, to uh, you know, an expert, I guess, right? Right, mm-hmm. right, absolutely. Yeah. So I know you talked about your influence at college that got you into that. Mm-hmm. You know, why athletics? What about athletics it really um, pulled you in and said, that's what I want to do? Well, I'm also a competitive distance runner. Um, I enjoy the half marathon distance the most. So I understand sports. I understand that mental capacity that you need to accomplish or overcome a large goal that you have. And I think just being in those shoes, I can help people. The DaxMyHand.com Legend Podcast is made possible through the generous support of its corporate sponsor, SJS CAD Incorporated, serving the Western Kentucky and Southern Illinois area for 25 years. Now offers enhanced field verification using drones. SJS CAD is FAA certified. SJSCAD.com. I read an interesting story about your honeymoon, right? Oh, yes. That you, you integrated, uh, you know, the honeymoon with athletics. Can you tell us right, about that? Right. Well, I've told you how I'd love to run long distances. Anytime I travel, or I know I'm going to be traveling, I love to find a marathon, half marathon, or a, five, or a 15K in that city. So when I found out our honeymoon would be in Jamaica, I planned it around the Jamaican half marathon. So my husband is very supportive, obviously, because we're complete opposites. He hates to run. I love it. But he was up at 3.30 to see me off from the finish line. Oh, man. I didn't know in a different country they wouldn't hand you a cup of water. They handed me a bag of water. And I was, I'm like, what do I do with this bag of water? You had to like rip it open with your teeth. And by the time I got it open, the water was all over me. And it was hot. It was in December, the beginning of December. So I, you know, used to our climate in December, not used to 85 degrees and humidity at 3.30 in the morning. <laughs> they had men with machetes at the finish line slicing open your coconut. That way, that was like your reward and a red striped beer. But I don't drink beer, so my husband enjoyed that. <laughs> 
So you still run even now? I still run, yes. Um, many days, if I don't work out at a gym inside, I'll do a 10-mile run outside. That's mm-hmm. typical for me to do. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, tell me, you know, one thing... Um, I have a daughter, mm-hmm. as well as Shane has a daughter, who are on the Marshall County Mountain Bike Team. Oh, okay. And so, you know, this has kind of been a new experience for us as far as these girls getting into these long-distance, you know, athletic events right. like a mountain bike because they ride, you know, anywhere from four miles to 20. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so talk to me kind of about how an athlete like that can benefit from Snap Fitness. Well, they can benefit, for example, if they would work with me as a trainer, um, I would take their sport of mountain biking and see how I could help. So we would probably work on other fundamental kind of training, types of training, um, definitely integrate some strength training, because even though mountain biking is an endurance sport, it takes your core, it takes arm strength, lots of balance. So we'd incorporate all of that in. So it's more than just being on a bike, I think, to excel at that sport. Mm-hmm. You need to have your cardio, your strength, everything in tip-top shape. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, that's something that jumps out at me right away yeah. is, is you know, uh, like you said, it's – and I, I know with what little knowledge I have of, of this, you know, it's not only being able to ride your bike. Mm-hmm. It's about, you know – and part of, I guess – from a conditioning aerobic standpoint is riding the bike, right. but it's also the strength like you're talking about in, in your different parts of your body. Cause you use your whole body to mm-hmm. ride the bike. Right. 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 And to even take that a step further, um, even nutrition, how you fuel that ride. Yeah. Um, that's really important too. Yeah. I, I you know we've had, uh, Steve Beckett has been, uh, on the uh, podcast with us before and he's the coach yeah. of the mountain bike team. And I know that's one thing that he really stresses to the kids. He, he tells them junk in, junk out. Right. One thing I want to talk to you, let me get back to your baton okay. uh, for a second. You, you talk about you performed in front of 120,000 people, yes. and that was at the big house, right? It was at the big house. Tell, tell us about that experience and kind of were you nervous before you went out there, or what was your so, feelings? I was so nervous, and I was walking into the stadium with the president of the university. Of course, I was in front of the band, leading the band, but the president was right next to me. And I remember he leaned over and said, you know, this is the biggest venue in the country next to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And I thought, did you really just have to tell me that at this second? Yeah. So, yeah, I was very intimidated. I got in on the field, and I felt like <clears throat> I felt like a speck. Yeah, oh, yeah. It was so large. But, you know, one thing I know that we've learned, you know, from the many coaches that we've talked to, you had done your preparation, right? Right, right. And you knew your routine inside and out. You had uh, practiced your skills. Mm-hmm. So really, it was just a matter of going out there and doing, forgetting about the crowd yeah. and doing it. And did, did you feel like you were able to forget about the crowd as you were doing it? Well, you know what? I've always been a ham. I love an audience, obviously, or I wouldn't have been a feature twirler, but I love an audience that fuels me. Mm-hmm. Um, but my fear was I have 120 people that's, probably not Ball State fans, and they're not going to like me being on their field, but they were very receptive. The more I performed, the more batons I threw in the air, the more they loved me. So, well, and, and you know, I would think from a from a baton standpoint, when I watch someone do it, the first thing that goes through my mind is 
I could never do that. Wow, what a skill, right? <laughs> right. Because how many people really can? There's not, you know, there's not a lot of people. So, you know, like, even though you were with Ball State, I can see how the group, uh, the crowd would look at it and be in awe of it, even though you're with another school. So yes. that's, that's really neat. So I, I assume in Michigan won that game. They did, but only by a few points. We made a comeback at the end, mm-hmm. and we came so close to winning. But, yeah, they won by a few points. We're talking with Kim Robinson from Snap Fitness. Uh, Kim, you know, one thing I noticed in your bio, you talked about corporate fitness. Yes. Uh, talk to us about how uh, how you can use Snap Fitness to help uh, corporations, I assume, or businesses, right? Right. Well, more and more corporations and hiring departments, HRs, are recognizing that the health of their employees really affects their overall income and their insurance rates. So they are turning more and more towards making sure their employees are healthier, which means they are asking their employees to work out Mm -hmm. and eat healthier. So that's something that I've always worked with ever since I graduated. Corporate memberships is something that I've excelled in. I've visited corporations. I've done lunch and learns on specific topics, maybe weight loss, smoking cessation, anything like that. Will you have a program at Snap Fitness? If a if a company uh, you know wanted to explore that, would they? How would they just need to give you a call right. and kind of set that up, or what yes. type of things do you have? Um, we are already working with many companies here in Marshall County. So um, if a company is interested, just give me a call, and I'd love to sit down with them and show them what we have available and what we can do for them. Okay. How, uh, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Do you have a number that they could yes. call? Yes, that number is two seven zero. Two zero six two four two three, or you can find us on Facebook at Snap Fitness of Benton. Did you need to ask for you? Yes, just ask for me. And besides discounted memberships, I am available to come to your health fairs. I can do on-site health screenings, health assessments, whatever they need. Okay, that's great. How how soon will you guys be open? Kind of what's the uh, what's the um, the time frame as far as getting everything up and going, and how's things going? We are. Just about ready ready to start pre-sales, actually, next week on June 1st. And then on mid-June, we hope to be open. It's just a matter of finishing up construction, getting all the equipment delivered, and everything ready to go. And uh, can you give us the address where y'all will be located? Sure. We are at 121 Commerce Boulevard. That's in Benton. And that's right behind McDonald's. Yeah, I know, um, you know, as I work with the phone company, uh-huh. I drive around and, uh, you know, look for new uh, new buildings and stuff. And I saw that, and I knew that was where Snap Fitness was going in. Uh-huh. And I thought, man, what a big building, yeah, you know. So yeah. so that's good to hear. So that will be a pretty large uh, area for you right, guys. Right, We are very excited. We will have all of your cardio machines, strength machines, selectorized, and free rates. And we'll even have a group exercise studio. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So, so like in the group exercise studio, what type of things will you be doing in there? We will have classes that's taught by a live instructor, someone there in person, such as your cycling, Zumba classes. But we also have what's called fitness on demand. So we will have a 91-square-foot video wall. It's three TVs high by three TVs wide. And if you come in middle of the night, 2 a.m., you can select any kind of program. We will have a kiosk, and you can select from hundreds of programs, filter that down to your ability level, beginner, intermediate, or advanced, and time limit. And your video will pop up onto the video wall, 
and it will be life size. Wow, I've yeah. never I've never seen anything like that. Yeah, yeah, and I also have other plans for this video wall. Mm-hmm. I know you're a sports fan, so you'll probably probably like this. But I'm thinking Super Bowl parties, oh. Kentucky basketball playoff parties. Yes, yeah. wow, that yeah, that that Have gets me excited. Good, yeah, man, that that is a uh, that that's pretty uh, earth shattering news for me there because uh-huh. I would love to to be able to go in and uh, and exercise or uh, watch a ball game, right? right? Depending right. on what's going on. Man, that is, that sounds like a, a great uh, a great thing. Mm-hmm. Talking with Kim Robinson of uh, Snap Fitness. So, Kim, one thing uh, that I see here is you have a radio show that you I do on WCBL, right? Every Tell- Friday morning at six forty a.m. It's Fit Friday with Snap Fitness, and we started this last fall. Become an active member of the Dax My Hand Legend podcast. Share it with your friends. Become an active member of the Dax My Hand Legend podcast, financially supporting the podcast. DaxMyHand.com website. Click on the support button. Become an active member of the Dax My Hand Legend podcast. Tell us about that. What do you, what do you talk about and, uh, and, and how, how is that going? I cover everything health, fitness, and nutrition related, and sometimes I'll bring my own topic, and sometimes we have listener-submitted questions. But my goal with the program is really to educate, inspire, and empower others with this knowledge, and just to help the community. Um, too many times, people think of a thinks of a gym setting as being intimidating, and I just want the public to know that you know we're here to help you you know we're that helping hand and i think the radio program helps us to accomplish that yeah i think that's i mean that's a great idea for this area because i know that's one thing you know, that is intimidating to mm-hmm. a lot of people right you walk into a gym maybe you're not in the best shape right you don't feel like you look like a lot of the other people in there and so that can be intimidating going into a new setting right it is it's difficult you know a large percent of the population they love to work out they're comfortable in the gym but i realize there's that other fraction of the population that the hardest part of their workout is walking through the door yeah. and coming in so i'm hoping to combat that along with my staff by making that an easier process and that's just by being there for the member finding out what their goals are and helping them reach those goals you know i, I can totally relate to that and, and that may be one reason that i have in the past gone to the dam mm-hmm. at 11 o'clock at night and right. ride my bike or walk mm-hmm. you know because it is fairly no one else out there you don't feel like anyone's judging you right. and so I, yeah that i can i can totally understand that well it's great to try to help folks get over that because i know that is that is a concern you know of a lot of people you're a longtime fan of fan of clay Aiken. <laughs> Yes. Tell, tell us about that. That's okay. interesting. Well, actually, this past weekend, I just spent the weekend with him down in Marietta. Really? Marietta, Georgia. Yes, it was my mom's 70th birthday. So to surprise her, we set up this private concert, and um, he brought his musical director, Ben Cohn, who's also a, a musical director on Broadway for one of the large shows there. And it was three hours of fun with my mom, myself, and twenty of our closest friends. Wow, that 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 is mind-boggling. So, so when did you first become aware of Clay Aiken? Was it from the television show? Yes, American Idol. When he had auditioned about fourteen years ago, and um, both my mom and I, we were fans. We've been to 
about 45 concerts in 10 different states. We've almost lost count. So so does Clay see you out in the crowd and knows who you are at this point uh, when I'd he points so. to you? Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow, that, that is fandom right there. Wow, that, that is crazy. Um, so another thing that interests me here is uh, Chipotle Mexican Grill. Tell me, tell me about that. Can we get one of those here in Marshall County? I'm, For real. I'm with you. Now, y'all have got a little – do you have enough room – Maybe at the end of the building to have we one. We could try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need to talk to Dennis and them about yes. that. Get that pulled in. Well, you know that was one thing that, as I was talking to Shane about you on the way here to do the interview, he mentioned that you were an aficionado of uh, of Chipotle, and I said, you know, she's she's going to be uh, have to do some driving to get uh, to one, right? Yes, Clarksville is the closest, but. I discovered Chipotle when I was out in Vegas last October. I was there for the Snap Fitness World Convention. Mm -hmm. And our hotel was connected to a shopping area with a Chipotle. And after spending $50 on a buffet in the hotel and not really finding anything I liked, I came across Chipotle, and that ended up being every single meal for the entire (laughs) week. Oh, well, that is awesome! Uh, you know, I, I've never, I've never eaten at one, so yeah. I, I've, I've got to. I definitely have to try that out. And the other thing that, uh, well, another thing that that comes across you is you have a Brooks running shoe oh, addiction. Yes, you know, I bought it. Let me interrupt you. I've bought a couple of Brooks. My daughter runs track, mm-hmm. and so we've bought Brooks. But what is it about Brooks that that you love so much? I love the way they fit, and if you order them and you're not happy, you have 90 days to decide that. So. Within the first three months, if something you don't like anything about it, you can send them back and they'll send you a new pair of whatever you want. So they give you that chance to really try them out. But at home, I currently have about 30 pairs that I no longer use. When you run about 10 miles a day, you go through shoes pretty quickly. You break them down in about a month and a half. Mm -hmm. Um, Last year on vacation, I went to Punta Cana and I ended up taking about 50 pairs with me and donating them to um, a school uh, school that's very low income and i was told they played cinderella uh, both the teachers and the children with my old running shoes really yeah so that was neat well you know one one of the difficult things for me um and the, and this one reason i was attracted to that question is you know i've, I've been doing a lot of walking mm-hmm. uh you know uh for to get in shape and so forth and and that's one that's probably the most difficult thing that I find in walking is finding a shoe that's comfortable, and you know I, I blister mm-hmm. all the time, and that that really sets you back when you're trying to get going. Do you have any strategies to to help with the blisters or any thoughts on that? I don't. Maybe you should size up. Yeah. size or half size try sizing up or maybe getting a wider shoe mm-hmm. and see if that helps well I know I find I get blisters um you know I get them kind of in the right below my yes. middle toes mm-hmm. and then on the back edge of the heel it seems there's like. a secret way to lace the shoes mm-hmm. in the last couple holes of your shoelaces that okay. will keep it from slipping on your hand. You know, I think I've seen that on the internet. I yeah. need to, I need to check that out. Well, that, that, I like that. That's uh, that's good information. Favorite of mine is eating. Uh-huh. And, uh, I, I've read here that you enjoy baking elaborate desserts. Now, yes. now that's going to sound funny to people who know that you're such a fitness <laughs> expert and that you share that. So tell us about that. Well, I bake these elaborate desserts, but I don't eat them. I just enjoy the creativity of baking them and giving them to other people. 
Okay, now let's be honest here, Kim. You okay, ri- I sometimes lick the bowl. Okay, I was going to say, you've got to eat those. So, uh, yeah, that that is funny. So tell us, what's the uh, what's the most elaborate thing you've ever uh, baked? Or what is your favorite, maybe? My favorite one time, I'm, it wasn't a baked dessert, but I made what I titled a Mexican Olay beef casserole. And I won a contest with the Indiana State Fair, and I got to go backstage and barbecue with Keith Urban. Really? Wow. Yeah, so wow. that's been my most memorable. Yeah. Well, what got you into that? Did your Was your mom a biker? She wasn't. I was in 4-H when I was a kid. When I was growing mm-hmm. up, I was in 4-H and baked in 4-H in the foods category and the microwave foods category, and <laughs> it just kind of stuck. And then in college, I'd bake for all my friends, and of course, everyone loved it. Yeah, so. man. I, w- I wish we'd have been friends back I in know, college, right? you know? I mean, I would love that. Uh, and then, uh, now here's one that interested Shane okay. okay this was a question that came up that Shane um liked is uh you, you worked as a volunteer with the Miss America organization yes. mm-hmm. tell us about that you know not that I would be interested <laughs> but but I think Shane probably would so oh, okay. I'm, I'm asking this question for him well I competed like I said a little bit ago I, I competed in the Miss America Miss Indiana organization and it was a way for me to gain scholarship money uh you did not have to win or go to the Miss America stage just to get the scholarship money which was a great thing um but when I aged out when I was 24 and aged out I had that opportunity to become a co-director and I thought what better experience because I've been on the stage I have the background in fitness I have the background on critiquing talent and wardrobe selection so being a co-director was the next natural step and it was a way for me to give back to the organization so I was a co-director probably for about five years and now I'm a judge so every now and then I'll get a phone call and I'll travel back up to Indiana and I'll judge a local and really yeah well what tell us what is one of the something that someone who's not hasn't been involved in that mm-hmm. is a big misconception maybe about the Miss America or something that that people wouldn't believe or understand about the competition. Well, what people don't realize is the platform behind it. Each contestant has to have a platform, but besides that, they have a national platform of the Chil- Children's Miracle Network. Hmm. So the money that they that's earned through different fundraisers all goes back to an organization and beyond that it helps these women with education it helps them become better speakers and get that platform to perform their talent you know that's great i I know we've had a lot of girls from marshall county Mm -hmm. who have benefited from the miss america uh, organization and like you said got college scholarships and uh and so yeah i mean it it is a great organization Mm -hmm. no doubt about it so we're with uh, Kim Robinson from Snap Fitness of Benton. Really excited about getting the business going, right? What, yes. What's been the the most unexpected thing that's come up during this whole process that you maybe underestimated or, or didn't realize going into it? Also, I've been yeah. surprised with the fitness background. I have learned so much with construction. I've been working out of the Pinnacle offices. Um, mm-hmm. Dennis Smith, he has been, him and his family, they've been gems in helping me and I've really had that 
experience to see what goes into building a new business that most people don't see. I've got to see the construction, what goes into getting the permits, picking out the materials. So that's been a real eye opener and an educational experience all at the same time. Oh, yeah. I, I can only imagine because, you know, people, I think, you know, most people or a lot of people have built houses. Right. And they see that, but they don't realize everything that goes into a business exactly. and the codes you got to deal mm-hmm. with and, and just air all the everything putting everything together is is such an ordeal and a process i have so much respect for anyone in the construction industry now Mm -hmm. yeah yeah um let me go back to your younger days Mm -hmm. did you know who were some of your maybe early influences uh you know in athletics or or even you know growing up to be a good person or was there anyone that jumps out at you that that you say hey i that person taught me a lot or i really aspired to, to be like that person? Is there anybody that jumps out after you? You know, honestly, no famous person was ever a huge inspiration. Um, I have to give credit to my mom and dad. Um, they told me whatever I wanted, I needed to work hard for. Mm-hmm. So when you talk about my twirling days, um, sixth grade, seventh grade, when I was in middle school, it was nothing for my mom to drive me out to the high school gymnasium at 530 in the morning. And mm-hmm. I'd be out there on my own practicing. And I credit that, um, my parents giving me that work ethic to, you know, to the drive that I still have today. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's why I get up some days at 3.30 to go for a 10-mile run. I think that's, you know, I think that set the foundation. And, you know, that's one thing that comes up a lot in, in our conversations with folks is, you know, people see an athlete or they see a great coach and they, they think to themselves, well, wow, that person did it. But they don't realize that there are those support folks right. who prop them up to be able to, to aspire to do that. You know, parents are a lot of them, coaches in, in many cases. Okay, we're with Kim Robinson from Snap Fitness in Benton. Uh, Kim, you know, you, you were a twirler and we've talked about that, but you know, you you relate an interesting story to me about one of the things that twirling did for you, and and you know that's the thing with with athletics and with um, you know different projects that we that we get kids into. That's what we're trying to get something out right. of it, right? Right. So tell tell us about the story about one of the things that that got you so into twirling and made you embrace it so much. Well, obviously, with twirling, I wanted to be the best I could, and that took lots of time, practice, persistence, dedication. But what really helped me accomplish those goals and kept pushing me more and more towards twirling was I was teased in elementary middle school. I had a speech impediment. I couldn't pronounce my S's, my T's, my R's, or my T-H's. (laughs) So you might still hear a little bit of that today, but... The kids would bully me, like, relentlessly. They would not spit in my mouth if my teeth were on fire. Oh, really? <laughs> and so during lunch, instead of sitting by myself, I'd take my batons, go to the gymnasium, and practice even more. So yeah. that was my outlet. And I think that helped me in the long run, and it benefited me because I was able to achieve that goal, have confidence, and I believed in myself. Well, you, and, you know, when you relayed that story to me, I'm floored because, you know, we've been sitting here talking for 30 (laughs) minutes to an hour. I never would have picked up on that. Mm -hmm. You've done a great job of overcoming that, I think. And and, and talk about the work you had to put in to overcome your impediment. Was there, did you go to uh, therapy? How did you get over that? I did. I went to um, speech therapy a couple times a week. Once again, I was pulled out, out of class to do that. So that 
also made me a little bit of an outcast Mm -hmm. getting called out of class. But, you know, like I said, I just focused on my goals, what I wanted to accomplish in the long run. And my motto was be like a thoroughbred. Don't look side to side. They don't look side to side. Just look straight ahead and keep your eyes focused on the finish line. You know, I love that quote you just gave Uh because, you know, we've had lots of coaches and lots of athletes. And that's the first time I've ever heard that one. But it's so true. It is so true. true. Yeah. And that's good. You're in Kentucky, right? The the thoroughbred state. (laughs) Yeah. That that is a great quote. I'm glad you you gave us that. Um, So, you know, one thing that comes to mind when you talk about how hard you worked on your Mm -hmm. impediment is, is translate that over now to fitness, right? right? It's it's the same thing, is it not? Right. Because with physical fitness, everyone has hurdles. Maybe it's physical. Maybe they don't like something about their body. Maybe it's something more emotional, but through exercise, through proper nutrition, you can accomplish that. You can accomplish your goals just the same way you can overcome. You know, one thing, um, I love to eat. Okay. Uh That's, you know, uh, we all, I I sometimes say that is my drug of choice. Right. Um, and cause I, I don't have a lot of other bad habits besides that. Um, but you know, one thing I know that's difficult for folks who, who do love to eat is, mm-hmm. you know, I liken it to say smoking. Okay. If you choose not to smoke, you just quit, right? Yeah. You, you don't have to smoke to live. Mm-hmm. But the thing to me that's so difficult about, uh, weight issues is you have to eat. Right. There's right. no way around mm-hmm. it. And so, um, I think it's great what you're doing from a standpoint of, you know, uh, when you get right down to it, it's calories in, calories burned, right? Mm-hmm. So, so that's one thing that comes out. And so is that something that I know when folks come see you and, and you train them, is that, that something you will talk about and work with them on? I can, yeah. I can um, critique their diets, um, make small changes. That's what I'm a believer in. Um, you can't lose weight overnight. It just doesn't work like that. Um, but small changes, small tweaks, that makes it more it makes it easier to maintain, basically. Mm-hmm. So I know you you talk about that you speak to elementary schools about fitness and 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 things, but tell us kind of the things you impart to the kids uh, and let them know at that that age. Well, I have a program, like you said, um, it's called Fit for Life, and I visit local elementary, middle schools, and I teach them about just being healthy and making the right choices. And once again, I bring my batons with me. And I tell them about how I had a speech impediment. That's how I open it up. Um, But then I pull out my batons and I say, and this is why, you know, I was successful with twirling because I had a goal and I went after it. But I wouldn't have been able to achieve my goals if I wasn't eating the right nutrition, exercising and being active and healthy. So I ask them if they have a goal or what they want to achieve. So I kind of turn it around on how making the proper choices now at a young age and staying on their path, the right path, will help them reach their goals. And, you know, I think that's so important, and I think that's something parents need to hear. Because, you know, one thing you told me early on in the interview is that you tried different sports, right? You tried yes. soccer. Mm-hmm. You tried – and but you found the thing you wanted to do, which was baton twirling. And I think it's important. I think parents need to hear that they need to keep those kids engaged right. in a goal-oriented whether it be sport, mm-hmm. whether it be academics, they need to be going toward a goal, a right? Goal. Yes. If you have a goal, I think that really sets the kid up for success. Mm-hmm. Because what I did when I was young, I can still use it today. Wow. So so you were a fitness competitor. How many competitions did you participate in? Probably about 15 over the course of about five years. So what did you like the most about that? 
Once again, it goes back to having a goal. Um, a lot of people, they don't get it. My husband never understood. Why would you put that much work into getting up on stage for five minutes? But it's what I enjoyed. I liked having that work to put into it to see what you could accomplish at the finish line, so to speak. And um, just improving every single time. You might not always win, but you have something you can personally improve on each time. And that was what I took out of it. So what's the toughest part of, of preparing for well, that competition? Probably getting the spray tan because they spray you so much you look like you rolled in a crushed up bag of Doritos. Like I said, I'm a ham. I've always been a ham from twirling um, to doing the Miss America organization. That kind of just led me down to the road once I aged out of that, got into the fitness competitions. And the past two years, I've done Mrs. Kentucky even. Well, one thing you know I didn't ask up to now is what brought you to Marshall County? How did you, how did you find Marshall County? <laughs> well, the day before we got married, this is a couple years ago, my husband got offered his dream job. He's an agronomist. So what that means, he works with farmers and a seed company. Um, and his territory became the Boot Hill of Missouri, Western Kentucky, and Southern Illinois. So it was basically throwing a dart and seeing where we would land that would be convenient and close to everything. Well, we toured lots of areas, looked at many homes, and I fell in love with the lake area. The people, slower pace of life, um, it just reminds me of the town I grew up in. It's weird, and you can include this in the interview, I don't care, but every time I've gone to a different gym, I get nicknamed, and it's always the same nicknames. I'm either called the Beast, the Energizer Bunny, or Supergirl. <laughs> and once again, I got those nicknames. <laughs> People knew that, that, you know, they learned that was my background, and my name was passed along to Dennis, and he called me up and said, can you come meet with me? And I thought, okay, he, he wants me to be a personal trainer. And then after meeting for two hours, I learned all this. And, yep, the rest is history. <laughs> now, so you say the Energizer Bunny. Tell us, what are your other nicknames? Every gym I've gone to, they call me these random names like Energizer Bunny. That's a repeat. I've heard that a few different places. Beast or Beastie, an animal. <laughs> And last week, I was even called a scary beast. And I thought, oh, my, I really don't want that. So, so I get that you're pretty intense in your workouts. Is that Would that be a fair statement? If you're going to be there and if you're going to spend the time to be there, you might as well get the most out of that workout. Yeah, I, I mean, I say that. <laughs> you know, I have a feeling that I probably wouldn't enjoy that oh. workout. <laughs> I'm looking at Shane as I say that, and uh, I think he uh, he knows what I'm talking about. But let about. me clarify: if you're, if you're my client, although I did have a cycling class, a cycling class once named me Killer Kim. But trust me, if you're my client, I do take it easy. I won't mop the floor with you. Yes. Well, you'll adjust it to the levels, right? Right. right. Yeah. Everyone has different ability yeah. levels, and. I, you know, I know what to expect out of each one. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and talking about ability levels, that's one thing we've talked some about mountain biking. That's one thing I think the Marsh County Mountain Biking Team does a really good job of is assessing the kids as they come in and realizing that, you know, these sixth and seventh grade girls can't really ride with these 10th mm -hmm. grade boys. And or, that's yeah. the importance of having a good coach or a good trainer because they can assess you. And they can also find out what you're capable of. Because a lot of times as an athlete, you don't realize your potential until someone else shows you. And that's confidence. You know, that's the coach or the trainer building confidence in that person. And that's very important, too.
DaxMyHand.com Legend Podcast is made possible through the generous support of its corporate sponsor, SJS Cat Incorporated, serving the Western Kentucky, Southern Illinois area for 25 years. SJSCat.com. Become an active member of the Dax My Hand Legend Podcast. Share it with your friends, financially supporting the podcast. DaxMyHand.com website. Click on the support button. Become an active member of the Dax My Hand Legend Podcast.